Mark the ninth chapter. That's where I'd like to read to you from. Verse 14. This God's been dealing with me about this for a few days now, and I'm usually a note man. I've got two scriptures wrote down that I'll probably try to incorporate into this some, somewhere through this. But uh, other than that, I'm just going to try to obey God. I really felt like in prayer today that the Lord dealt with me about preaching this here tonight. So this might not take too long. Then again, it might take a real long time. We just have to uh, try to get in and obey God. Verse 14, talking about Christ. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them. And straightway all the people, when they beheld him, were greatly amazed, and running to him, saluted him. And he asked the scribes, What question ye with them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him. And he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answereth him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him, and when he saw him, straightway the spirit tear him, and he fell on the ground and wallowed, foaming. And he asked his father, How long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said, Of a child. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying unto him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him, and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead, insomuch that many said, He is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. Praise God. I, uh, we're going to pray before you seated. I want to call your attention to verse 22. The father of the child said to Jesus, And oft times it hath cast him into the fire, the end of the waters to destroy him. Now listen to what he said. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. But if thou canst do anything. Now he just told him, he gave him a crystal clear picture of how desperate the situation was. And then he said, if thou canst do anything. Boy, I just jumped out and grabbed a hold of my heart today. Actually, a few days ago. But come back around to my mind today in prayer. That's just been on me today. If thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Did just underline that word anything in your mind. He didn't say, Lord, would you cast him out? Lord, would you send him deliverance? God, would you make him free again? He said, if you can do anything. I want to talk to you on this thought if the Lord would help me. And I really felt like there'd be somebody here tonight with this on their mind, with this in their heart. Anything will help. Anything, just anything you can do, Lord, just lighten my load just a little bit. Anything will help. Would you lift your hands and pray? Ask the Holy Ghost to walk among us here tonight. God, we love you. We honor you for mercy. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love and compassion. 
We know that except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. We know that except the Lord keep the city, the watchman waketh but in vain. Help us here tonight, God, to be faithful to you. Help us to be sensitive to the move of the Spirit of God, the move of the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, oh God, walk among us and we will praise you. We will glorify you. We will magnify you for what's done. Set a guard at my lips, O oh Lord. I'll only speak those things that edify the body of Christ. In Jesus' name. Church said amen. Turn around shake somebody's hand and tell them anything he does is going to help us tonight. Anything Christ does, anything Jesus does is going to help us tonight. Praise God. Like I've already told you, it's been several days now. felt like I read through this and for several days it's been in the back of my mind and I've just kind of been chewing on it and thinking about it. I preached from this portion of Scripture many times before and I've uh, concentrated usually on the, the devil's last throw. How that down at the very end, just as the miracle was in the process of taking place, the devil threw that boy on the ground one last time. But Jesus had already spoke to that demon and told him to leave and enter no more into him. So that'd be the last time a devil ever get to throw that boy on the ground. Hallelujah. But I really, in reading through this again, God got to talking to me, especially for the service here tonight. I really feel like somebody's here that's in that position. Somebody that feels like they're in a predicament, if I can say it that way. Somebody that feels like just anything God can do to relieve it is going to help. Anything God can do to lift it up off of me just for a little while, that's going to be a great help. Anything God can do to get me out from under the weight of it for just a little season... That's going to be enough to help. Amen. That's where that father was in our scripture text. He, he was to the place where he was so perplexed by what was taking place in the life of this boy. I don't know if he was a teenager. The Bible doesn't say. I, I've always kind of imagined him in my mind. He, he's not just a little baby boy anymore. He's beyond being a toddler, quite possibly a teenager. I, I just don't know. But he said when Christ asked him, how long has this been going on? The, the man said, of a child from the time he was just a little boy. Did you hear what the scripture said the devil done to him in verse 18? And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth and gnasheth with his teeth and pineth away. Amen. Day after day, that, that daddy watched that boy gritting his teeth, grinding on his teeth, pining away, just staring off into space as if his mind was a million miles away. Foam lathering up around his mouth. Amen. All of a sudden, every once in a while, he'd, he'd just flop out on the ground like a man having a seizure. And he'd begin to flip-flop and wallow on the ground with that foam running out of his mouth, a grinding on his teeth. And the daddy, the daddy made it even more clear in verse 22. And oft times it hath cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. Amen. I got to praying about that. Got to seeking God about that. And the first thing I felt like God began to deal with me about was the condition that this daddy was in. The Bible lets us know clear what kind of condition the boy was in. That devil had control over his life. I'm telling you at, at a moment's notice that demon living inside of him had cast him down on the ground on it. He'd wall and foam and cut flips. Come on here. Uh, but I got to thinking about that daddy, the condition it must have put him in. Can you imagine watching your child from the time that they're just small, uh, just beginning to toddle around from, uh, from the couch to the coffee table, from the coffee table to the love seat. Come on now. From the time they're just taking those first few steps, something rises up in them and throws them down on the ground. Can you imagine all the years of torment in that father's mind watching that 
that boy as he's growing listen he's growing like a normal young man but there's a terrible abnormality inside of him and the daddy listen you can say what you want to but maybe this is my wild imagination but I'm doing the preaching tonight hallelujah I've got listen I imagine in my mind that that daddy had went to great lengths can you imagine the fear that would rise up inside of him in the evening time when it was time to build the fire and get ready to cook the meal can you imagine what kind of trauma amen what kind of turmoil must have been going through that father's mind every time they was on a journey and had to pass by a river or a lake come on now it's happened before and he lived in terror he lived in fear that it was going to happen again listen it's not hard for me to imagine that that father had burns had scars on his hands and on his arms where he had literally wrenched into the fire amen and pulled that boy out over and over that boy wasn't the only scarred one in this ordeal that daddy had some scars too you're going to help me right here amen but all the daddy's scars was not just physical he had some emotional scars he had a battle a warfare raging in his mind on a daily basis come on now I tell you what it felt like the Holy Ghost dealt with me about today preaching to us tonight there's people in this service amen you've got a battle raging day after day amen from the time you get up nearly until the time you doze off and go back to sleep at night there's a warfare a raging in your mind there's some scars and some bruises not out here so all the world can see but there's some scars in here amen where a war has been taking place come on in here church and help me praise God I thought about that daddy amen the trauma that he had been through and the scars that he was toting in his mind on account of all the devil had put that boy through hey listen is it any wonder when he heard that Jesus and his disciples was over by the mountain he purposed in his heart we've got to get to where he's at praise God oh lift your hands and ask the Lord to help us here tonight scars torment amen see we're American Christians we're Christians in the American church come on now we don't suffer the way that Richard Wombrand suffered we're not locked in prison cells and deprived of food amen we're not stripped of our clothing and our dignity and whipped come on now amen the the sheriff's department uh, from the county is not going to show up tonight and bolt the doors padlock the doors and uh, cordon off the place come on here and tell us not to come back we we pretty much got it made as far as physical things are concerned natural things things that we need we've been blessed more than any other American generation has ever been blessed come on now you got more money right now than you know what to do with come on say amen to me just ask that person living on a dollar a day in a foreign country they'll tell you you're rich friend come on you're rich you're wealthy people that's right yes we are oh listen and I'm not ashamed of that but God got to talking to me got to dealing with me the Bible does not give us any indication whatsoever that the man and the boy in our scripture text suffered for food never did say that they went to bed hungry at night hey I can identify with that I don't go to bed hungry either come on now never said that they struggled to try to make ends meet amen trying listen to buy clothes and a place of shelter to lay their head at night that was not their struggle I can identify with that 
That's not my struggle, Brother Ricky. That's not our struggle here tonight, church. Come on now. Oh, but that struggle that that man and that boy was in was a very real struggle. It was a very real battle. I'll tell you something. Money is not the answer to everything. Having a good place to sleep is not the answer to everything. You're going to help me? Amen. There's people right here tonight. You don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about insurance. You don't have to worry about what you're going to wear tomorrow, where you're going to eat at. Come on now. Where you're going to sleep tonight. But there's still a war. There's still a battle. There's still a struggle that's taking place inside of you. And you've got some scars on account of it. Oh, God. Scarred up. Woo, hallelujah. I was reading a book some time ago that talked about a, 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 a gentleman that went to one of the northern states where there was a large apple orchard and uh, it was noised far and wide what sweet, beautiful apples that this particular farmer had learned to grow on that apple orchard, in that apple orchard. And the writer of the story said that when he arrived, he got out of his car, he got to looking, walking through that big orchard. He said the trees was hanging so heavy with fruit that the old farmer had propped up the limbs. Amen. To keep the apples, the weight of the apples from busting the limbs off. Huh? And he said he, he purchased some of those apples and it was right what the rumor had said. He said it was beyond what he expected. It was the sweetest fruit, sweetest apple, best tasting apple that he'd ever put in his mouth. Come on now. He said, but when he got to look and he noticed it was some of the ugliest most beat up, scarred up looking apple trees that he'd ever seen before. Come on now. And uh, he began to inquire as to where the farmer was. And finally him and the farmer got together and he began to ask the farmer, hey, uh, first thing he did was compliment him on that bumper crop. I'm telling you, you're propping the limbs up to keep them from busting off under the weight of these apples. And uh, these are the, the best apples I've ever put in my mouth. They're wonderful. The flavor's right. The sweetness is right. The texture is right. He said, but there's one thing I've got to know. I want to know how you get them to turn out this way. But I want you to tell me about these old beat up looking scarred up trees. That old farmer just smiled. He said, well, you see, uh, me or my family had never raised any apples. And uh, we, uh, 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 the Lord blessed us. We was able to get some land and we decided we wanted to go into the apple business. We plant, bought us some trees and we planted this orchard many, many years ago when that old farmer was just a boy. Come on now. And uh, he said that uh, when them trees got big enough to start bearing fruit uh, at the first few years that they bore uh, was just kind of sparse and scarce uh, on the fruit and they was uh, almost so sour you couldn't even hardly eat them. Come on now. And uh, he he said my daddy got to talking to an old apple farmer uh, across the ridge and, and uh, what do we need to do how do we sweeten this fruit up and how do we produce more apples he said that old wise farmer from across the ridge he told him you got to scar them trees up he said them trees have to go through some trauma he said you scar them up real good and next year they'll bear better uh, that be sweeter fruit on them. Come on now. I don't know anything about apples. Amen. Except the ones I like and the ones I don't like. But the writer of the story said that that's what that old farmer did. He took his saw and he scarred up them trees real good. And it made them look amen all gnarly. Amen all scarred up after all them years had went by but his farm had the reputation of having the best and the most apples of any other farm in that whole area. Come on now. Hey, I read 
bad enough fault. That's just like us. Amen. Listen, we've been beat around a little bit, hadn't we? Amen. We've been scarred up a little bit, hadn't we? Come on. But it's not going to pull us under. It's not going to push us out. Not the child of God. We're going to run to Jesus. We're going to get to where the master is. You know what these scars is going to do? It's going to produce some sweet fruit. Praise God. You know what these scars is going to do? They're going to help us to be humble and get to heaven someday. Praise God. Nothing but a scarred up crowd going to go to heaven anyway. I am... I'm not carrying mine out here for everybody to see. I was in a, the church we was in last week. One of the brothers had just been saved about a year ago. And his pastor pointed him out during one of the services. Actually, the brother led singing. And the pastor pointed him out and told the, the entire church. He said, you know, we was out here working a few days ago, getting ready for revival. And the young brother uh, was out there working with long sleeve shirts on, long sleeve shirt on. And uh, some of the men was kind of poking at him. Hey, ain't you hot out here? I'm telling you, Carolina, this summer we've had it. What little bit I've been there, it's been about like being here, praise God. We just don't have palm trees growing everywhere. But uh, it's been hot, it's been humid. And the air real thick. But uh, he said, yes, I'm hot. They said, what are you doing in that long sleeve shirt? And the pastor said he just kind of withered up a little bit. And he said, well, brothers, when I was in sin, I had a lot of things drawn on, me, on my arms, written on my arms, tattoos. I'm ashamed of. There's some bad things that I don't want everybody to see. And so I... I want to keep them covered up so nobody can see them. Come on now. Woo! Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel the Lord of glory in this place. Thank God for somebody with that kind of humility. Somebody with that kind of love for God. Come on, say amen. Huh? If I'm going to advertise for anybody, I don't advertise for the devil. Hey, I said that to say this. Some of us in the spirit are just like that young man. We don't have stuff drawn on us. We're not all marked up on the outside, but we've got some scars inside. We've got some wounded places. Come, you know what a scar is? A scar is just a wound that's healed over. Praise God. A wound is fresh. It's just recently happened. But a scar tells a story of what happened back yonder, how it used to be back yonder. Come on now. Praise God. I've got some scars, don't you? Amen. I'll tell you what. From time to time, I still get wounded. Don't you? Amen. Struggling through life, facing the battles of the day. Amen. Fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Pulling down strongholds. Warring against principalities and powers of the air, fighting against the rulers of darkness. Amen. Come on now. Praise God. I get wounded and I get scarred up, and it's all right. The captain of my salvation got scarred up for me, and because he lives, I'm living also. And because he made it, I'm going to make it as a victor as well. Oh, lift your hands and praise the Lord, will you? Scars on that man from dragging that boy out of the fire. Terrified every time somebody goes to gathering wood, getting ready to build a fire in the evening. His eyes and his mind, his entire being is focused on that boy. I got to keep him away from that fire. He'd been burning enough. Every time they get near a water hole, his mind, his entire focus is on that boy. I got to keep him away from that water. He, he, he nearly drowned a time or two already. And I can't let him, I can't afford to let. Can you imagine how that, how that would uh, work on the inside of a person? Living, you know, 
old saying is walking on eggshells or walking on pins and needles. Y'all talk like that down here. Amen. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'll tell you, we're living in a time where, uh, listen, you can run to the psychiatrist and he'll give you something to level you out. Come on now. I'm telling you, he'll give you something that'll put a smile on your face or some of it just drop your countenance. You look like a zombie walking around. You're going to help me here? Uh, but we're Christian people. Amen. Our trust is not in the arm of the flesh. Did you hear what Sister Smith read to us earlier tonight? We're not trusting in the arm of the flesh. We're trusting in the name of the Lord. Praise God. Amen. Now listen. The will of God for the life of a blood-washed, born-again believer. It's not to have a pill to get you up in the morning and one to level you out during the day and one to calm you down so you can sleep at night. Amen. He said, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon thee. That's the prescription. But I'll tell you, that's a big peel to swallow. You're going to help me somebody. That's easier to preach it than it is to practice it. It's easier to prescribe it to somebody else than it is to swallow it down in your own life. But it's right. I said it's right. Praise God. He said I'll do it. I'll do my part. If you'll do your part. Praise God. Now with all of this fast moving life that we're living in when there's such a clamor for our attention from all of these gadgets and gizmos around us it's hard to get honed in sometimes if you're not careful that devil will use anything at his disposal to sidetrack you. Facebook. You're going to draw up on me right here. But one of the number one culprits. In, in my generation. There has been church splits that I know of. Over Facebook post. There, there's been divorces that I am aware of. Over Facebook post. Come on say amen to me. Oh, God, I, uh, I'm going to leave it up to you whether you're going to participate in it or not. I'll just tell you, I don't have it. Come on, say amen to me. There might be some Curtis Tiggs on there, but it ain't this one. I guarantee you that. Hallelujah. And I, 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 Really, I don't have time for that. I really don't have time for it. I, uh, some people just all wrapped up in it and they want to they wanna show you all the pictures and tell you about all the backsliders. Fully on that. Can I say that? Is that legal? Hey, Amen. All that slop. I don't want to hear about all that slop. Come on now. I got enough I'm fighting already. Enough I'm trying to withstand already. I'm scarred up. I'm scarred up already. I'm wounded already. Come on. Say amen. Huh? But them gadgets, it, it doesn't matter if it's Facebook or flipping through Craig's list postings, amen, or playing video games, or reading Fox News, come on here, it could be anything, sitting in a tree stand, or pulling a lure across the lake from a bass boat every day, it could be anything, listen, we've got to recognize, we are in a warfare, we are in a battle, we cannot afford to get entangled in the affairs of this life, we're going to another city, we're headed to another country. This world is not our home. We're strangers here. We're pilgrims here. I have enough to fight without getting tangled up in this world. I know what some of you is thinking. I could almost hear you right now. But that's where my release comes from. That's where my relief is found. Huh? I've said it. I've said it. I've said it. I've said it more times than I'd like to rehearse before you. Brother, I like getting up early in the morning that cold North Carolina November and slicking up an oak tree and looking out at a corn pile about a hundred yards away. Huh? I like it. Huh? I like, but you know what? God dealt with me just 
Last year, you know what? I like it too good. I just recently give away the last week that I had available for this year. I've been wrestling inside. You know what week I give away? My bow hunting week. Come on, say amen. Give it away. Let's, let's go preach revival. Huh? Let's go preach revival. Them deer will be there after a while. Come on, say amen. Huh? Got to get my priorities right. Got to let the Lord know where my heart is. Huh? And I'll tell you something. It's a great stress reliever. But when I get to thinking about it, what, what do I really have to be stressed about? Nothing on the outside. There are some battles taking place in here. It's a great stress reliever. That's what I've said. That's what you've said. Mind-numbing. Flipping through your Facebook post. Huh? And you feel a little better about yourself when you see somebody's doing something they shouldn't do. Almost just bring a smile to your face, don't it? Well, can you, can you believe that? You start sharing it with folks. Come on, you, you start forwarding stuff. I don't know how it even works. I have had them stick it right in my face before. Can you, can you believe him? Come on now. Shame on us. But it, but it, it relieves stress. Huh? So I remember, I remember when I, Sister Teague and I was young, we could, we'd go to the movies. We could go to the movie theater and get a big giant tub of buttered popcorn with extra hot butter on it and a, two big old Coca-Colas and a, a pack of milk duds. Come on now. And we can set it, we could sit in that movie theater for two hours and forget about the world. Old AM, ain't it? We, we, we could ride the, the planes with Clint Eastwood. But when we come back out to the parking lot and put the key in the ignition, all them same problems we had before we went in there is sitting in the car waiting on us. Come on, see me. It didn't help a thing. Come on, see me. You know what? This man said, God. I know I'm, I'm scarred up. My boy is scarred up. I'm not, I'm not asking you just to go above and beyond just for us. I'm just looking for a little relief. I'm looking for a little release. Come on, say amen. I really felt like preaching to somebody here tonight, and I've kind of got sidetracked here, but I'm going to put it on the Holy Ghost. I believe the Holy Ghost has led us to this place where we are right now. Come on here. Amen. All of these other things, these little gadgets and these things that we become involved in, they're really not where our spiritual help is, and that's the kind of help that we need. Amen. It's not just something to relieve our mind for a few moments. But we need spiritual help. Did you see what this man did? He made his way to Jesus. And he said, if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Anything will do. Anything you're able to do will help. Amen. Come on now. Praise God. Amen. Listen, I like how that man approached Jesus. And Jesus, when he called that boy to him, amen, he told that daddy if thou canst believe all things are possible to him that believeth praise God if you put your confidence in me that's what Christ said if you put your hope your faith in me then anything's possible amen we don't have to just lighten it up a little bit we can deliver him we can set him free we can put the devil on the go if you'll just put your faith and your confidence in me. Hey church, that's why we're here. He's already proven himself. He's already worked miracles over and over and over, time after time, after time. Amen. He'll help us again here tonight. Praise God. Oh, lift your hands and praise the Lord, will you? Anything he does is going to help us. I'm just about finished. I, I, I really in prayer 
uh, this afternoon talking to the Lord, asking God to help us. It's two scriptures come to my mind. That man said, but if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. You know what the Bible said? When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit. Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him. And enter no more into him. And the spirit cried. And rent him sore and came out of him. And he was as one dead. Insomuch that many said, he is dead. Look yonder. He's delivered, but he's dead. He killed the boy. Trying to get him free. But that wasn't the case at all. He, he seemed as one dead. He appeared to be dead. Many said that he was dead. But Jesus took him by the hand. And lifted him up. And he arose. Maybe. Maybe we could take a little time. Preach the other side of that. Maybe it's not just the stress. The worry. The turmoil of the daddy. Maybe it's the bondage of the boy. Maybe you're the boy. Here tonight that's bound. Out of control. You, you want to go one way and you go the other way. You want to do one thing and you end up doing the opposite thing. You want to do right, but you continually do wrong. Jesus has the authority to speak and turn your life around. Woo! I appreciate what the sister said after she sang her song, how she testified about everything changing. When she got saved, I experienced that very same thing. How about you? Anybody else here experience that? Very same thing. Old things passed away and all things became new. I was a brand new creature. He remade me in an instant. Huh? I, I got up looking just like I looked when I knelt down. But something inside of me was changed. It was different, praise God. I didn't think the same anymore. I didn't feel things the same way. I had a different motivation about my life. Come on, say amen. I fell out of love with the things that I loved and I, I learned to hate the things that I once loved and I learned to love the things that I once hated. Come on now. Praise God. That's what he done for me. That's what he'll do for you. That boy was delivered, but it looked like it took everything out of him. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he arose. Hallelujah. Amen. Maybe, maybe you're a mixture of both. Maybe you're the daddy and the little boy all rolled up into one. Amen. Maybe your nerves are so frazzled because of the battle you've been fighting, the warfare that's been taking place in your home or in your family, on your job. Come on now. And your nerves are just on edge all the time. Maybe, amen, that suspicious spirit, amen, has begun to take control over your mind and you're suspicious of everything and everybody. Maybe that lying devil has whispered into your ear that you don't have any friends, that nobody really loves you. If they really loved you, they'd discern what you've been going through. Amen. Listen, that's how that devil will bombard our mind. But don't tell you something. You're surrounded by friendship right here tonight. And there is a friend that's sticking closer than a brother. He'll be a friend of the friendless. Can you? shout amen. Praise God. Maybe you feel like you've been busted, broken, cast down. Maybe that devil has rode roughshod 
in your mind and over your life in your relationships for so long you feel like you're down and you can't get up did you hear what the Bible said and Jesus took him took him by the hand and lifted him up praise God he'll do it for you I said he'll do it for you and he'll do it for me praise God Bible said in Psalms 3 and 3 but thou O Lord art a shield for me my glory and the lifter up of my head woo amen when you walk I don't know if uh, Brother Eugene was here, I might not say this. But there's more times than I like to remember I've been the man. I done told you I don't have anything really to worry about. Not really the souls of my children. I worry over that. I fret over that. I pray about that. But really, uh, my, I got the best wife in the whole world. And uh, I got Jesus. I've got the Holy Ghost. I'm striving to live a sanctified life. Huh? It don't matter to me if, if, uh, if uh, Seminoles or the Gators win. Because I don't pull for either one of them. Huh? They're, they're not, that's not my home team. My home team's a little higher than that. Come on, say amen. I'm not concerned about all that. Come on, say amen. Huh? Oh, God, listen, they might, they might diagnose me with something tomorrow. Just send my ship spinning round and around and around. But when it finally stops spinning, you know who's going to be on board with me? Jesus is still going to be standing right beside me. Come on, say amen. He's still going to be right there. Come on and help me, somebody. I'm telling you, God has given you examples in this church. Can you imagine? Can you Im- Oh, God, help me right here. I don't want to go too far here. Can you imagine being Sister Smith after 40-some years of seeing your husband get up behind the pulpit and lead the congregation. Can you imagine showing up Sunday? Some of you would have quit a long time ago. You can't even get over the little bump in the road you're at now. Come on, say amen. Can you imagine showing up the next Sunday morning after the funeral and the next Sunday and the next Sunday and the next Wednesday and the next prayer meeting? Can you imagine scheduling revivals, coordinating the singing? Come on and help me some Praise God. Not because you're called to, but because it's just the right thing to do. Come on and help me. You know what? She has been steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. And we're not going to brag on her, but it's because she has a walk, a relationship. She's tied to King Jesus through the power of his blood. That's how you're going to make it. I'm going to make it. I got to have that kind of walk. Amen. When the world pulls the rug out from under me, I've got to have a closeness and intimacy with Christ to keep putting one foot in front of the other and marching on. Hallelujah. Oh, lift your hands and praise the Lord, will you? The lifter up of mine head. Hold your head up. Hold your head up, praise God. You don't have anything at all to drag around about. Not if you're saved. Huh? He might not do right. You can't change him, but you can change you. She might not do right. You can't change her, but you can sure enough change you. They may never treat you right. You can't change them, but you can sure enough change you. You can work on you. You work on you. You be the best Christian that you can possibly be. I've got one more scripture and I'm going to quit. Job 22. Bible said Job 22 and 29. When men are cast down, them thou shalt say, there is lifting up. And he shall save 
the humble person. Lord, anything will help. Anything will help. Just whatever you can do. If, if, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Lord, I believe. Help thou mine unbelief. Anything will help. You're here tonight. You've been struggling. And uh, I'm usually not that fella. Spends a whole lot of time preaching about our struggles. I think it's kind of hilarious the way some of these guys keep preaching to us in the American church how bad we've got it. Man, we got it made. We do. We got it made. But I want to be real careful to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. Because the Spirit of God whispered in my heart over the last few days and real strong today, there are folks with very real struggles. It ain't out here. It's in here. It's in here. There are people with very real battles raging right now. I'm going to tell you something. God just kind of knocked me off my high horse. In the last few days, He's took me down memory lane and showed me all them times. And I briefly mentioned it here. All them times, it was, it was me dragging around with, without a good reason. It was me slopping around down in the mud when I should have been up on the wall. It was me whining instead of worshiping. Come on now. But I come to tell you, God knows who you are and where you are. And He's got a victory for you. He's got a deliverance for you. If you'll believe Him, He'll bring you out. Would you stand with me please all over this house? Let's lift our hands and give the Lord a good praise here, would you? Come on, praise Him right out of your heart. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Thomas was standing in the midst of that upper room with those disciples that had been eyewitnesses of the resurrected Christ. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it, boys. I'm not going to believe it until I can put my finger in the nail print in his hand. Until I can thrust my hand in his side. I saw that soldier pierce him in his side with that spear. And I'm not going to believe your report. I've got to see it for myself. And Jesus appeared in the room. And he said, Behold, my hands and my feet. Thomas, look at my scars. Thomas, upon seeing him, fell down and, and called him Lord. Hallelujah. Scars. Scars. All the scars that I have accumulated 28 years of trying to go to heaven. All these scars. They don't dictate where I'm going. They just tell you where I've been. All the scars you're carrying. Even ones that I received before salvation. In the first 23 years of living. I've got some awful deep ugly scars. I'd never reveal them to you. I'd never show them to you. They're too ugly. They're too deep. Oh, they hurt. When they was fresh, when they was wounds, it hurt so bad. But that don't dictate where my life's headed. 
That just tells the story about where I've been. Praise God. These scars are actually helping me to mind the Lord and make my way home. These scars are necessary because I'm a warrior. I'm a soldier. I'm in the army of God. There's going to be a little suffering. There's going to be some tribulation. Going to be some trial. But the Lord shall deliver me from it all. Every bit of it. He's going to deliver you too. If you'll put your confidence in Him. If you'll put your trust in Him. We had such a good service last night. The Lord moved in such a great way. Really, I... I felt, I felt the Lord nudge me today about the altar service tonight and I kind of questioned. But I really feel like this is what I need to do to obey God. With your heads bowed with me, please. Saints of God are praying. Are you here tonight? You'd say, Brother Teague, I'm one of them that needs a lifting up. I want you to understand before you even begin to move, it's not shameful to confess that. It's not a shameful thing for you to walk to this altar in front of everybody. Oh, but if you need lifting up, if you need a victory, one in your life, if you're in the heat of the battle and you need some outside intervention, some help from on high, and you refuse Him. And you refuse His help. What a shameful thing that would be. What a shameful thing. They've already begun to come. Is anybody here? I need a lifting up, Brother Teague. I need a lifting up. I need God to help me. Hey, I need, I need some encouragement from heaven. I love my brothers and I love my sisters and I appreciate their help and I appreciate their prayers and I appreciate their kindness. But I need something from heaven tonight. I need encouragement from on high. I need to feel the hand of God moving in my soul. Hallelujah. Is anybody else going to come? Could be I've just been sent to preach to these two. These three. I really believe there's others here tonight. Amen. Anything will help. Anything, anything you can do will help me, Lord. Won't you come to this altar?